Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Well, hello and welcome as we continue our Return To series, as we take time to reflect and pause and consider what are we getting ready to return to. Some of us have already returned back to school. Some of us have already returned back to workplaces, although not everyone physically. Some have returned back to sport, although not everyone, because not all sport is up and running as yet. Some groups are back, back and running, but again, not all. And church gatherings are starting. We had our in-person prayer gathering last week, which was exciting. But we're taking our time. We're taking our time to step into things to return to. And social gatherings are taking time to return to. But it's not just about what are we going to return to. It's also about how are we going to return to? Are we going to come back to these things relaxed or tired or worried? The time of the last six months for some has been a great time of rest because things have closed down. There's been nothing to go to. But for some, that has actually been a time of anxiousness rather than rest. But it hasn't been a time of rest for all. For some, it's actually been the busiest time they've ever experienced. That may be because of the work that has increased, or it may be because children have been home. And so they've just, and it might be a combination of both, that they've been busiest they've ever been with work and work has been home, as well as having children at home. And so rest has just not happened. Rest? What is that? Well, I have a friend in Melbourne and I was talking about this concept of rest and she was saying that uh, pre-six months ago, Her usual week was one of back-to-back-to-back-to-back activities. Uh, She's got kids and it was uh, just a time of going from one thing to another, of taking her children to activities, so much so that she'd have to cook the meals prior to and take them to those things because there was just too many things to go to that she wouldn't be home for meals and so they'd have to eat on the run in between. And so... All of those got cancelled. And so she's actually been able to spend time at home and spend time with her children and her husband. And she was talking to me about what is it going to look like coming out of this time for her? How is she going to be able to reassess what she returns to? How to make the decision what to return to? But how to return to those things as well. Well, I've got a challenge for us today. 
whilst we're actually um, doing this message, and it involves this glass of water. So if you are near a place that you can get a glass of water, or if you happen to have a water uh, already near you, I challenge you today to get a glass of water. So if you can go and get a glass of water now, please run away, go and get it and come back, or if you're near a kitchen, do it whilst you can hear me speaking. And what I want you to do is pick it up. Not too hard, okay? How heavy is that glass of water? I don't know. We're not actually going to measure it, so don't worry. It's okay. How heavy is that? How easy is that to hold the glass of water? Well, the challenge we've got today is how long can you hold the glass of water? So as I'm giving this message today, I'm going to participate in this challenge as well and see how long can I hold the glass of water. I'm not going to drop it on the floor. <laughs> I'm, I will put it down at some stage when my arm gets uh, exhausted. Uh, but, uh, oh dear, I almost spilled it already. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, and if I really need to take a, a, a sip, I will do that too. But I promise I won't drink it all. But why is it that this glass of water will get so heavy? Why do we need to put it down? Well, it's not because, you know, a glass of water in itself is not too heavy. It's because we need to put it down, take a break and pick it up. It's because like a glass of water is a bit like stress, isn't it? We need to take a break. We need to put it down, take a break, pick it back up again, and then we're fine. It's fine. So if you've got your glass of water, are you ready? And for those that are, are following along on YouTube, see if you can uh, you know, hold it, and then when you do put it down, you can, you can write in the comments when you put it down, and we'll see if we have a winner at the end. So today, if you haven't guessed already, we're talking about rest. And we're going to start by having a look at what Jesus teaches us about rest. So what does he show us? about rest, about how often we need to be putting down a glass of water. And does it change? Does it change for what we're going through in life? Does it change for the type of person we are? Well, for Jesus, he was going through uh, a pretty intense ministry time. So we're going to focus on his three years of ministry. He had a lot of people around that wanted a lot from him. We're going to start by having a look at Matthew 8, verse 18, and we're going to just jump around in different passages just to have a, a, a snapshot into his life of ministry and see what he did in response in different times. So let's start at Matthew 8, 18. And you can find these, uh, all these passages on the Version app if you'd like to follow along, or you can just have a look on the screen. So in this particular time, he had been healing the sick. So he'd been doing some pretty intense ministry and driving out evil spirits. And what happens next well, there were more and more crowds around him. But what does he do? When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross over the other side of the lake. What? So he didn't keep healing? But it's Jesus. Surely he should just keep healing. But no, he didn't. He deliberately stops and he crosses over the other side of the lake. 
So he knew his limit and he sought rest. Let's have a look at another one. Matthew 14, verse 13. What happens here? So in this one, when Jesus heard what had happened, well, what had happened? Let's just have a, um, a little look beforehand. So this is a situation where he just heard that John the Baptist, a friend of his, had been murdered. So John the Baptist, this great man who had been setting the scene for Jesus' ministry, had been murdered. So Jesus just heard that this had happened and he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. So he needed some time. So the situation, the circumstance of Jesus' life had suddenly changed and Jesus withdrew by boat to have some time by himself. But let's keep looking at what happens next. Hearing this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. So it would have taken a little while on foot because obviously boats are a little quicker than on foot. And when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So he had some time out. And then out of that time out, maybe he would have liked to have longer, but he was ready again to be interrupted and to respond out of that into his, the next ministry that was needed. So in this situation, he's responding, uh, interrupted and responding and being ready to continue on with his ministry. Let's have a look at another one. Luke 5, verses 15 to 16. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and often to be, uh, and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So he was spending time with his father. He was talking to his father and he was in places that were quiet. Mark chapter 1, verses 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus had a rhythm. He had a rhythm where he got up in the morning and he prayed. And there's, I can't remember what the passage is, but there's one time where the disciples are looking for him and they're like, where is he? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And then they find him. He's like, what are you doing here? And Jesus is like, well, of course, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm talking to my father. You know, I'm talking to, like, it's, of course, this is where I am. Jesus had a rhythm and a, and a, a process of what he did. He models the importance of connecting with the father, of praying of being in a quiet place to do that. But not only that, he also models the importance of knowing your physical and emotional limits, of what you can do to accomplish each day, but also what to do in times where you need to just stop and react to the situation when you're in and know the times to say, oh, enough is enough, I've done enough in this situation, or I know that this particular situation is a time when I need to be stopping. It depends what happens. Remember John the Baptist, when he had that news, he took time out. 
Let's have a look at what happened, though, when God actually created the world, because there's a pattern there as well. In Genesis 1, let's hear what God did each day. And God said, let there be light in Genesis 1, verses 3 to 5. Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So even in the first day, second day, third day, so on, God took time to assess his work. He looked at it, and he saw that it was good. He assessed it, and then he rested each day. He didn't keep going morning and night, uh, evening and, and right through. He stopped, and he rested overnight. And there was a pattern of that rest. But then he made a special day of rest, and let's have a look at that in Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, and by the seventh day God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work, and then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God showed this rhythm right from the very beginning of creation, right from the very beginning of pausing, assessing, resting each day. And then on the seventh, he had a time of resting from all work and made that holy. And this particular day is called the Sabbath. And it is called a holy day. And it's part of the tradition, the Jewish tradition. And it's continued on in the Christian tradition as well. Although in the Christian tradition, it's... it's, um, it's interpreted in different ways. And let's just stop and have a little look at, at a bit about that, the Sabbath, because there's lots of different connotations about what the Sabbath is. Let's just have a little stop and sip of the water. Not too much, though. How are you going with your water? Is it getting a bit heavy? Do you need a rest? Or are you going okay? The Sabbath, um, for some people, it means taking a whole day of rest, Uh, in the Christian tradition. For others, it means um, using that day, using the the idea of Sabbath to take rest throughout the week. For some growing up, the Sabbath would have meant uh, to do lots of different things on a Sunday, going to church, going to other church functions, often all day. There are lots of different things that Sabbath can mean, and we don't have time to have a look at them now. And it's important to have a look at them, though. So I do um, urge you to have a look into it, to ask questions. Maybe it's something you could do with your life group, to talk about it amongst your family, to, to research it and see what does it mean to you? What does the Sabbath mean to you? I do encourage you to look into that more. When Jesus came to the earth, he he practiced the Sabbath. He was a Jew. He practiced Sabbath, but he didn't do it quite as was expected. He certainly practiced it, but he, um, he didn't follow it quite as was expected. But he did, uh, and he did demonstrate rest. And he not only demonstrated rest, he also claimed to give rest, to be the rest 
So let's just have a little look at what he claims, because he claims, oh, I was about to put the water down. <laughs> I can't do that unless I'm, I'm out. I'm not out yet. I'm doing all right. It must be getting heavy, though. Um, Jesus claims to be the rest both now and eternally. In this passage in Matthew, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and lean from me, learn from me, sorry, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it's both the now and eternally that Jesus is our rest. Paul talks about this in Hebrews in chapter 4, that we can enter into that rest. In, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9, he says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And Jesus is this Sabbath rest. So let's just have a little bit more of a look at Sabbath and what it may mean for this Sabbath. Because my understanding of what Sabbath may mean, and as I said, I do encourage you to have a look a bit more at what this might be for you, is that it's not simply about rest but it's also about ceasing. It's also about embracing and celebrating. And what do I mean by these words on the screen? Ceasing in that it's taming our desire to produce and accomplish and manufacture. To rest, it's resting in our spiritual and our physical and our emotional, intellectual and our social selves. But we can do this by walking in nature or with art, admiring art, by the use of music to draw closer to God. For embracing, it's embracing God's movement within us and celebrating. It's realigning our attention towards the enjoyment of God with his people, with his creation. It's understanding the purpose of celebration with each other and with God. There's a quote from Eugene Peterson, which I quite like, which is, Sabbath keeping involves both playing and praying. So just to have a look back now at um, the bigger picture of rest, I found a, um, a helpful way for me to... Um, put rest, to, to work rest into my day, and that is to talk about margins. How can, how can I put rest? And if you know me, you know that most people would categorise myself as a busy person. But to, in, in order to, uh, to put rest into my days, I put margin in, margins into my days. And, and I create that by um, making things, um, if I'm, if I'm organising something, I make them longer than they should be. And that way I create a margin. Or if I'm, if I'm well, I'll give some more examples as I go. Let's, let's get talking about it. So everyone is different. And I started talking about myself. I'm I like to, to do a lot of different things. But there's also different times of life. 
There's different times when things are busier or more relaxed, um, or you just you have um, different things happening for you. I know when um, a few years ago, when I had younger children, I heard a pastor talking about the Sabbath. And they got to the end of it and they were talking about how it's good to put aside a whole day, you know, that you um, have between sort of for yourself and God. And I almost felt like, well, I almost did um, go up to the pastor at the end and say, do you realise that what you've just said is impossible for me? <laughs> There's no way I can do that because I've got small children and it's just impossible. I anyway. If you know me, you know that that was very close to what I actually did. Uh, but I didn't. I held, I held back and I didn't do it. So I suppose I just want you to hear this if you do have young children, young children, that Sabbath is not a dirty word. There's a time and a place and an expression of Sabbath in every, every situation for every person. So let's just, I'll talk a little bit more if you have young children to hold, hold with me um, in, that, in that way. Let's, let's go back to Jesus and what he can teach us and how are you going with your glass of water? I'm, I'm doing okay, although I have looked at the table quite a few times, you might have seen, because it's almost gone down on that table quite a few times. We'll see how we go. It is getting heavy though. Jesus had both the rhythm and the immediate an immediate response with the rest and we need to we need to remember that that's important for us too to establish that rhythm and be ready to have the immediate response needed for rest so he took time out when he could both before and after ministry so he was ready to put that into his calendar so that he could respond to ministry out of a place of rest. And that's a, that's a great um, model that we can also use for ourselves as well, is that our, um, for, for us to be ready to respond to ministry from a place of rest and to be ready to be interrupted for ministry from a place of rest. And Jesus also did take Sabbath, but it wasn't as what locals thought should have been. And so maybe we need to be ready to be adaptive and to do things differently, and that's okay too. And not to judge others if people are doing what we think Sabbath should be, and that's okay. And to invite others to enjoy rest together too. It doesn't have to be by yourself. Jesus didn't take Sabbath by himself. He had Sabbath together. So rest doesn't always have to be exclusively by yourself. I mentioned before about margins, and there is a book, if you're the type of person who likes to uh, research more with books, there's a book by Richard Swenson, and it's called Margin. So if you would like to do some more reading, I encourage you to look up that book, Richard Swenson, called Margin. He has some ideas in there, some things that you might have to, like to have a look at. Maybe you could reserve some time in your day to do the things that you haven't quite got to, that were not planned uh, for the day. That's something that uh, is an idea that you could do. Or something that might be a good idea is 
to grab your phone and have a look and see how much time are you spending on your phone. And for those that uh, know how to do this, you just you go into your settings and if you want to do this right now, have a look at your screen time and just have a look and see what's your average time on your, your phone. And you know, I'll confess, I'll, I'll tell you what mine is right now. I'm averaging around three hours a day. What's yours? What's your average screen time <laughs> a day? Um, that might be a little high, um, but we need to be aware of how much time we're spending on our phone so that we are not just consumed by it with that downtime that we should be maybe away from our phone. So let's have a look and just be mindful of time that we're spending on phones. Maybe we can book in time with our friends. What, no, rather than waiting for them to contact us, let's actually be proactive and actually book time with our friends. And the big thing is sleep. I know this is the biggest thing for me through my time is trying to get regular sleep. And so how can we uh, get that sleep um, to actually be able to, to be able to respond out of a place of rest? Um, because sleep is a really important part of that rest. I'm going to put this down because it's getting heavy. So time for me. <laughs> okay, I'm sure there's people still going, but I'm out. So I said before that I wanted to talk to families with young children, but this is not necessarily just for families with young children. You may also find yourself in a situation where you have a lot of other commitments to other family members as well. So I just want to um, just speak to you at the moment. When you're investing into um, necessary commitments with other family members, it's a hard job but it is also the richest time of your life. I just really want to encourage you in the time that you find yourself in. See if you can work out a way to find rest with your children or with these other family members. Find just one aspect that you can rest together. See if you can find a way to get some help so that you can um, even Find some time as well for yourself or for yourself and your spouse so that you can find time alone and, and with, with your partner to have help with your children or with those other family members so that you can find regular time to rest as well. A big breakthrough for me that I learned along the way was that a spiritual discipline of investing into some daily time with my children um, well, that, that, that it is a spiritual discipline. And God just smiles down, smiles on us when he sees that we are investing into family members. That is what he's made us for. And that is why he's created us, is for relationship. So don't think that it's uh, a waste of time what you're doing. Don't think that it's not a spiritual endeavour what you're doing. Know that this season won't last forever. Know that you can um, enjoy it as, as you can. And, uh, and know that we, we're here for you, that uh, if there's anything that we can do to help and support you, that we would love to be able to do that for you. 
that as a church family, that we want to be able to support you and uh, to wrap our arms around you, to pray for you, to practically support you, and to um, just to know that uh, we know it's hard, but we are we are here for you, and and uh, we do love you for sure. <laughs> so as we come out of this time when it has been very different. What are you returning to? How are you returning? What are you preparing your heart for? And it probably hasn't been the deepest restful time of your life. And so how can you find rest? How can you create the margins How can you follow the example that Jesus sets for us of the rhythm and the response so that we can respond out of that place for ministry, for life? How can we find time to be putting down our glass of water and not only putting it down, but finding time to go and refresh it and fill it up with clean water as well? And maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know of this deep, deep rest, the best rest, where Jesus has said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you are carrying a heavy burden, Jesus is saying to you, come, come. I will give you that rest, not only now, but for eternal life. So he is, he is asking you, he is seeking you, he is seeking us. He wants us to know that rest now and eternally. Let's pray, shall we? Lord God, we do thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, that you came to earth and you showed us how to rest. Thank you, Lord, that you just didn't keep going and going, that you um, took took the rest, that you said no. Thank you, Lord, that um, you were so practical when you were here and you showed us how to, how to take the rest. Thank you, Lord, that you are the rest, um, that you take our burdens and that, um, yeah, that we can give them, give our burdens to you. We thank you, Lord, that you are a creative God and we know, Lord, that sometimes uh, we can't think of ways to, to take the rest, but we know, Lord, that you, that you have many ways for that to be. And so, God, we ask that you give us ideas. We ask, Lord, that you help us to work together so that we can support each other and we can find ways to find this rest. God, will you just um, support us to support each other. 
Lord, for those that don't know of your rest eternally right now, we pray, Lord, that, um, that they will just find your rest. God, will you just um, seek them? God, for anyone that is hearing this right now that doesn't know, Lord, will they just um, find your rest? Will they just know deep in their hearts that they can trust you? That they can reach out right now and place their burdens into, into your hands and know that, uh, that you've got it. That you take that away from them and that you replace it with your rest. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.